With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 11 of The White Company. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Clive Catterall. The White Company by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Chapter 11. How a young shepherd had a perilous flock. Black was the mouth of Twynham Castle, though a pair of torches burning at the further end of the gateway cast a red glare over the outer bailey, and sent a dim, ruddy flicker through the rough-hewn arch, rising and falling with fitful brightness. Over the door the travellers could discern the escutcheon of the Montacutes, a roebuck joule on a field argent, flanked on either side by smaller shields, which bore the red roses of the veteran constable. As they passed over the drawbridge, Alan marked the gleam of arms in the embrasures to right and left and they had scarce set foot upon the causeway ere a hoarse blare burst from a bugle, and with screech of hinge and clank of chain the ponderous bridge swung up into the air, drawn by unseen hands. At the same instant the huge portcullis came rattling down from above, and shut off the last fading light of day. Sir Nigel and his lady walked on in deep talk, while a fat under-steward took charge of the three comrades, and led them to the buttery where beef, bread, and beer were kept ever in readiness for the wayfarer. After a hearty meal and a dip in the trough to wash the dust from them, they strolled forth into the bailey, where the bowmen peered about through the darkness at wall and at keep, with the carping eyes of one who has seen something of sieges and is not likely to be satisfied. To Alan and to John, however, it appeared to be as great and as stout a fortress as ever could be built by the hands of men. Erected by Sir Baldwin de Redfers in the old fighting days of the twelfth century, when men thought much of war and little of comfort, Castle Twynham had been designed as a stronghold pure and simple, unlike those later and more magnificent structures, where warlike strength had been combined with the magnificence of a palace. From the time of the Edwards, such buildings as Conway or Carnarvon Castles, to say nothing of Royal Windsor, had shown that it was possible to secure luxury and peace, as well as security in times of trouble. Sir Nigel's trust, however, still frowned above the smooth-flowing waters of the Avon, very much as the stern race of early Anglo-Normans had designed it. There were the broad outer and inner baileys, not paved but sown with grass to nourish the sheep and cattle, which might be driven in on sign of danger. 
All round were high and turreted walls, with at the corner a bare, square-faced keep, gaunt and windowless, rearing up from a lofty mound, which made it almost inaccessible to the assailant. Against the bailey walls were rows of frail wooden houses and leaning sheds, which gave shelter to the archers and men-at-arms who formed the garrison. The doors of these humble dwellings were mostly open, and against the yellow glare from within Alan could see the bearded fellows cleaning their harness, while their wives would come out for a gossip, with their needlework in their hands, and their long black shadows streaming across the yard. The air was full of the clack of their voices, and the merry prattling of children, in strange contrast to the flash of arms and constant warlike challenge from the walls above. "'Methinks a company of school-lads could hold this place against an army,' quoth John. "'And so say I,' said Alan. "'Nay, there you're wide of the clout,' the bowman said gravely. "'By my hilt I have seen a stronger fortalice carried in a summer evening. I remember such a one in Picardy, with a name as long as a Gascon's pedigree. It was when I served under Sir Robert Knowles, before the days of the company, and we came by good plunder by the sacking of it. I had myself a great silver bowl with two goblets, and a plastron of Spanish steel. Pasque-dieu! There are some fine women over yonder. Mort de ma vie! See to the one in the doorway! I will go speak to her. But whom have we here?' "'Is there an archer here, hight Sam Aylward?' asked a gaunt man-at-arms, clanking up to them across the courtyard. "'My name, friend,' quoth the bowman. "'Then sure I have no need to tell thee mine.' said the other. "'By the rood, if it is not Black Simon of Norwich!' cried Aylward. "'Amon cur, camarade, amon cur! Ah, but I am blithe to see thee!' The two fell upon each other, and hugged like bears. "'And where from, old blood and bones?' asked the bowman. "'I'm in service here. Tell me, comrade, is it sooth that we shall have another fling at these Frenchmen?' It is so rumoured in the guard-room, and that Sir Nigel will take the field once more. It is like enough, mon gars, as things go. Now may the Lord be praised, cried the other. This very night I will set apart a golden ouche to be offered on the shrine of my namesaint. I have pined for this, Aylward, as a young maid pines for her lover. Art so set on plunder, then? Is the purse so light that there is not enough for a rouse? I have a bag at my belt, camarade, and you have but to put your fist into it for what you want. It was ever share and share between us. Nay, friend, it is not Frenchman's gold, but Frenchman's blood that I would have. I should not rest quiet in the grave, cause, if I had not had another turn at them. For with us in France it has ever been fair and honest war. A shut fist for the man, but a bended knee for the woman. But how was it at Winchelsea, when their galleys came down upon it some few years back? I had an old mother there, lad, who had come down thither from the Midlands to be nearer her son. They found her afterwards, by her own hearthstone, thrust through by a Frenchman's bill. My second sister, my brother's wife, and her two children, they were but ash-heaps in the smoking ruins of their house. I will not say we have not wrought great scathe upon France, but women and children have ever been safe from us. And so, old friend, my heart is hot within me, and I long to hear the old battle-cry again. And by God's truth, if Sir Nigel unfurls his pennon, here is one who will be right glad to feel the saddle-flaps under his knees. "'We have seen good work together, old war-dog,' quoth Aylward, "'and 
"'By my hilt we may hope to see more ere we die. "'We are more like to hawk at the Spanish woodcock than at the French heron, "'though certes it is rumoured that de Guesclin, with all the best lances of France, "'have taken service under the lions and towers of Castile. "'But, comrade, it is in my mind that there is some small matter of dispute still open between us.' "'Fore God, it is sooth!' cried the other. "'I had forgot it. The provost marshal and his men tore us apart when we last met. "'On which, friend, we vowed that we should settle a point when we next came together. "'Hast thy sword, I see, and the moon throws glimmer enough for such old night-birds as we. "'En garde, mon gars, I have not heard clink of steel this month or more.' "'Out from the shadow, then,' said the other, drawing his sword. "'A vow is a vow, and not likely to be broken.' "'A vow to the saints,' cried Alan, "'is indeed not to be set aside, but this is a devil's vow. "'And, simple clerk as I am, I am yet the mouthpiece of the true church "'when I say that it were mortal sin to fight on such a quarrel. "'What? Shall two grown men carry malice for years, "'and fly like snarling curls at each other's throats?' "'No malice, my young clerk, no malice,' quoth Black Simon. "'I have not a bitter drop in my heart for mine old comrade. "'But the quarrel—' as he hath told you, is still open and unsettled. Fall on, Aylward! Not whilst I can stand between you, cried Alan, springing before the bowman. It is shame and sin to see two Christian Englishmen turn swords against each other like the frenzied, bloodthirsty Paynim. And what's more, said Hordle John, suddenly appearing out of the buttery with the huge board upon which the pastry was rolled, if either raise sword I shall flatten him like a shrove-tide pancake. "'By the black rood, I shall drive him into the earth like a nail into a door, "'rather than see you do scathe to each other.' "'For God, this is a strange way of preaching peace,' cried Black Simon. "'You may find the scathe yourself, my lusty friend, "'if you raise your great cudgel to me. "'I had as lief had the castle drawbridge drop upon my pate.' "'Tell me, Aylward,' said Alan earnestly, "'with his hands outstretched to keep the pair asunder, "'what is the cause of quarrel that we may see whether honourable settlement?' may not be arrived at. The bowman looked down at his feet, and then up at the moons. Parbleu, he cried. The cause of the quarrel? Why, mon petit, it was years ago in Limousin, and how can I bear in mind what was the cause of it? Simon there hath it at the end of his tongue. Uh, not I, in troth, replied the other. I have had other things to think of. There was some sort of bickering over dice. Or wine. Or was it a woman, coz? Basque Dieu, but you have nicked it, cried Aylward. It was indeed about a woman, and the quarrel must go forward, for I am still of the same mind as before. What of the woman, then? asked Simon. May the murrain strike me if I can call to mind aught about her. It was La Blanche. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.